Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Christmas Eve Royal Blue Podcast and how I wish we were celebrating the joys of Christmas and and, and talking about candy canes and the North Pole and another Everton victory. Unfortunately, (laughs) that is not the case for the Blues. We don't do things the easy way, do we? Uh, I'm I'm Sam Carroll, and t- today I'm joined by Dave Prentice, Connor O'Neill, and Gavin Buckland to talk about well last night that defeat to Manchester United, and hopefully look ahead with a little bit more positivity to the trip to Bramall Lane on Boxing Day. Preno, we, we've just been talking a little bit about it off camera, but you know me and Phil Kirkbride we're we're at the game last night, and for me. It's, one of the worst games of football in general, I think, from both sides that I've watched in a long time. But Everton just weren't at the races from minute one, where they were they were lucky in some ways not to be three or four nil down after ten minutes. Yeah, we'll have to probably tone down the language from that which we were using prior to uh, going on uh, <laughs> because because it was it was absolutely abysmal. Uh, the first half an hour is about as bad as I've seen in living memory. It was just absolutely awful. You just never got near them. I mean, let's try and temper this with how good Manchester United are. They've won every single away match this season. They're like a different beast away from home uh, compared to you know their home performances. And the home performances aren't bad at the moment. Uh, and you look at the qualities of the respective squad strengths. We were missing a number of you know significant players. United made quite a few changes, uh, but when you've got a backup squad that can put Edison Cavani, you know, so up top, you've still got Bruno Fernandez behind you. You know. The back four looked, you know, a little bit lightweight and, you know, a possibility we won't be able to get at them. But we just couldn't get near them in midfield. United just absolutely dominated the midfield area. They were sharper. They were faster. They had better quality. I mean, Paul Pogba coming in as a, you know, a second choice midfielder, if you like. Yeah. Um, no, we, we were just nowhere near them in terms of quality or in terms of tempo. And it was a deeply dispiriting experience. Um, I'm surprised it got as late as it did before United finally scored. And it's not surprising that it was Edison Cavani that broke the deadlock with a wonderful goal. Um, it just underlines once again that, you know, uh, Carlo Ancelotti does have an awful lot of work to do to turn around this, this you know, oil tanker of a football club. Um, he's made a great start and, you know, going in the right direction, but it is only a start. And unfortunately, we've still got a lot of, a lot of work to do. Gav, Carlo said after the game that, that there was no regrets and, and, and that in some ways he... He felt the performance was was okay. It's, you, you, you can't take the manager at face value there, surely. Did, do you think that Everton had a, a, enough of a go at Manchester United last night? I don't think the team set up to uh, have a go with other teams, isn't it? Especially clubs with bigger squads. I think he's set a stall out, hasn't he, the last three or four matches to play. It was a tight 4 2 3 1. Um, sit deep against. Um, Better, better forwards, and uh, take it from there. And so, I don't think he was ever going to go on the front foot. 
uh, to be honest with you, with with that 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 setup. Um, so I I know what he's saying there. To be honest with you, whether you agree with it or not, is a different kettle of fish. But he's very, he set he set the team up as a counterpunching team, hasn't he? Yeah. Not to concede, and that's what he did last night. Um, I know a penalty saying after the first first twenty twenty five minutes, you're thinking could be three or four here, but after that. You can't really call many United chances between the first 20, 25 minutes and combine his goal. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, in the second half, they, they were at occasions as, as a net as us in terms of passing the ball and and their cohesiveness. And so, yeah, I, I get what Carlo's saying there, whether, whether that's right or not is a different question. But I got the impression last 20 minutes we, were, we weren't too bothered if we went to penalties, to be honest with you. I think that's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he wants some penalties. In in your view, then, Gav, do you think it showed the kind of fine margins of you know the game wasn't actually then too dissimilar, was it, to the wins over Chelsea and Arsenal? In that you know we we weren't exactly set up to play free flow and attack and football, but we took the chances and and obviously we we held on. A little bit better defensively for for ninety minutes across those games. Do you, do, do you think there could be a shift in that strategy moving forward into the new year, or do you think? But you, you you would hope so. You would hope so. I mean, what did we how many shots on target we have against Arsenal? Was it two? Yeah. Three. Was it four against four, three or four against Chelsea? So, one games there. Leicester probably something similar. Um. So. It wasn't, you know, we win those games. Oh, Carlo's a magician getting the best out of the team. You lose one of those games and, and perform maybe slightly less, but, you know, but less intensity. And all of a sudden, there's an issue. Um, yeah, I think he's got to really. The problem we've got at the moment, Sam, is whether we've got the players to do that. I mean, we all know we've got it with carrying a few injuries. I mean, I thought players looked laggy last night, didn't they? I think DCL looked laggy, maybe yard off the pace, a couple of others like that. Uh, which is understandable given the frequency of games. And let's face it, we're not the only club suffering from that at the moment. Just just at this time of year, the deeper squads are, uh, are coming to fruition, aren't they? Mm. That, is that... Uh, I, they always do. They always do at this time of year, but this year more than any other for obvious reason. Is that what you could see, Connor? A, a team that had finally kind of hit, hit the bottom of that fuel tank? Or are, are you more... Critical of the performance and and think you know a cup quarter final at Goodison. We were lucky enough to have supporters in there in in these testing times. Do you think it was a missed opportunity and and would you have liked to have seen more? I think it's a bit of both. I think in terms of the leggy, you know what what Gav said there about Calvert Lewin looking a bit leggy. I think that's perfectly understandable because he's played a lot of football so far this season. I think you know he's. He's pretty much featured in every game we we play here in the Premier League, so you can understand why he perhaps looks a little bit leggy and a little bit. Fatigue because it has been, you know, tougher in the games and it's going to get tougher. But I think, you know, likes of Andre Gomez and, and people like that, you know, they've not played as much in recent weeks as, as some of the others. So, yeah, it was the perfect chance for likes of him to, to stake a claim and prove why he should be, you know, back being the number one midfielder on the team like he was, you know, uh, 18 months ago. But I think it was, a, I think, you know, overall it was a massive missed opportunity because, you know, you're at home, cup quarter final, a chance to put one of the big teams out if you do overcome Man United. We didn't take it. We didn't look like we were going to take it. As you know, the lads have said, the first 20, 20 minutes, half an hour was shambolic. And I just think 
you know, again, it's another near miss for Everton. And I think until it, we can kind of get over that hurdle, we just seem to always hit that hit that brick wall and, and, and fall flat on our faces. We need to find a way of getting over it because it's a reoccurring theme of you know getting close but not not close enough to, to really do anything. But I think in terms of the the fitness issue, it, it's going to be interesting because the games now come thick and faster, you know, moving forward. And you know, we go to Boxing Day now in Sheffield United in what two days. Then Man City two days after that, Aston Villa four or five days after that. So it's going to be interesting what he does with the squad because some of them players last night certainly didn't play to prove a point that they should be in it, but they might have no option but to be in it because of of the games and the fatigue that some of the lads who plays on a regular basis will have picked up. Pranz, talk me through your opinion of uh, of some of the officiating last night. Do you think? I mean. Cavani with VAR, surely. No, we, 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 we can't use that as an excuse. I mean, um, I, I watched the game the previous night, the Arsenal City game, and you know they were probably harder done to than us. I mean, there was a very similar incident uh, with you know somebody putting a hand near somebody's face, and uh, you know for Manchester City, they could have lost the player, and then one of City's goals was clearly offside, and uh, and, and neither were given uh, because for some strange reason VAR doesn't exist in the Carabao Cup. But the incident that everyone's talking about, obviously, where Cavani, you know, sort of grabbed Yerry Mina round the uh, the face. To me, Mina just made such a fuss of it. It was, it wasn't a great deal. Yeah, all right. He put his hand towards his face, and you're not allowed to do that. And if VAR had have seen it, yeah, he probably would have been sent off. But I just thought that Mina was looking to make a a, a meal of it and, and looking to try and get Cavani sent off. And yeah, you know, by the absolute letter of the law, you know, so maybe he should have gone. Uh, but if, I, I can't really endorse that kind of thing because you, know, you hate to see it anyway. Uh, you hate to see players, you know, sort of feigning injury and trying to get players sent off. And that's what he was trying to do. And we were just miles away from them. And, you know, even with 10 men, they probably would have out-footballed us and out-passed us. I think the biggest thing was the start. The opening five or 10 minutes, we just seemed to have no temper. We couldn't get near them at all. They were just sharper and brighter and spikier than us at everything. And that was the big issue. And that comes down to, like we were saying, you know, so the lack of respective squad strengths or the difference in respective squad strengths. And it's why Sheffield United is such a huge game for us on Boxing Day now, because uh, they've only got a small squad. They wouldn't be able to rotate that much. That's a game we really need to win uh, because Manchester City, with their resources, you know, they're going to be able to rotate quite significantly. That's going to be a really, really tough afternoon, that one for us. So it's vital that we bounce back with a win on Boxing Day. But no, to answer your question, yeah, it wasn't a great night for the officials, but we can't really blame that, to be, to be honest. Uh, I, I just think we're clutching at straws if we do that. Do you agree with with, with that, Gav, or, or do do you do you hold a stronger uh, a stronger assessment on on that? Do you, do you think there's there's more to it from Cavani? Well, I thought that the referee saw it, didn't he? If you watch the replay, the referee's looking at him. I mean, he blows up straight away, doesn't he? I mean, he sees him. He sees him push him over, doesn't he? Grab hold of him, and then he doesn't do anything, which I thought was strange. It wasn't as if it, Cavani did it behind the referee's back. The referee's looking at. It takes three or four looks at him, and as soon as Mina goes over, the the, the referee blows up, doesn't he? So I just thought it was a bit strange. But I'm with Prano. I don't think it made a lot of difference either way. Um, yeah. I, I see. I see things like mentality and stuff like that, and mentions about last night, and I just don't agree with that at all. I don't think uh, it's a question of mentality. It's my old days. We've got better players than us. Supplies. Got better squad than us. That that'll make the difference at the end. 
nine times out of ten, that'll make a difference. At the end of the day, we saw about mentality, and I don't, don't get that whatsoever. Um, I thought I thought Carlo made a mistake last night in the selection. Gomez shouldn't have played with Takore. I think that was the wrong the wrong two. I think Gomez should have, uh, should have played with Davis or Holgate. What 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 have you made of Gomez's form overall, really, Gav? Since since he since he came back from from that injury, which was you know obviously horrific, it's he, he just hasn't really seemed to get going. And, and I think I I wrote last night that even before the injury, he wasn't quite the player that we'd first kind of saw when he when he arrived from Barcelona. Is is he becoming a concern now because he he just doesn't seem to be able to get himself going? We're not playing the right formation, are we? You can't play Gomez 4-2-3-1 playing as a two in the two in front. That's not his game. Um, because we'll have defensive responsibilities there. And the one thing we know about him, you know, lovely footballer that he is, he can't defend. I mean, he's a liability in his own box for the yeah. start. I mean, he's conceded, what, two penalties and should have conceded one at Leicester since, I don't know, the last 20 games, something like that. Got turned yeah. at Leicester in the box once or twice. He's just a, just a liability. Uh my, my view on Gomez is is he's just not he, he's a classic to me, he's a classic Southern European midfielder, deep line midfielder. We're on the continent, he can get away, he can pick the ball off the off, off the defence and ping it around the pitch. Not really get pressurised the way you do in England. And the, the game's not suited to him. He reminds me in some respects and going back twenty years and is a a far superior player, but a similar style who got found out in a similar way. It was Juan Sebastian Veron at Man yeah. United. He was a sim- he could pick the ball off the back four, ping it around the pitch, but in the end, he, he wasn't suited to the intensity of the English game. And it's the same with Gomez. You know, I was watching him last night, Man United had the ball. I'm not sure he had a clue where he was supposed to stand. Um, I appreciate his gifts as a footballer, but he's just not suited to the English game, uh, I'm afraid. And the, the injury shouldn't take effect him, but maybe it has. But there was issues for me before he was injured, to be fair. He just, he just isn't a, a, a Premier League footballer in style. And I think that that's quite apparent, isn't it? Um, you can probably get away with playing with 4 3 3, like we did at the start of the season. But 4 2 3 1, no. No, I don't think he's not suited to them, I'm afraid. Where do you stand on Gomez, Connor? I, I think. So far this season, it's been a bit of a struggle for him. I think he looks well off the pace. I think you look last night; he's up against you know, Bruno Fernandez, who you know basically destroyed him. He couldn't get near him because he couldn't, he couldn't couldn't do nothing to stop him. I think he he certainly lost that that yard of pace since his injury. I mean, he wasn't blessed with much pace before his injury, but he certainly lost a yard since since he's come back. And I just think for the way I agree with Gav, for the way Carlo seemingly wants to play moving forward, he's just not going to fit in that in that style of playing in the team. And I think. He's going to find game game time hard to come by eh, sooner rather than later. I think Everton probably will be looking at the centre midfielder. You would you would imagine if in January, if not in the summer, to further strengthen because it is an area that needs strengthening. But I think in the immediate, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him not not feature on Boxing Day against Sheffield United. Because again, one thing about Sheffield United is they all they all put a shift in and they all work work hard. And I just think any anyone who comes up against in terms of a runner, which is is most teams now, he just seems to get run into the ground and he's well off the pace and. I think last night. I think last night showed that because last night was a massive opportunity for him. He's not featured much, you know. But Alan's injury, he, he pretty much had the chance to go in there and and stake a claim and, and prove that he is, you know, deserves a chance. But you know, he, he far from took that. And 
if anything, it was a miracle that he lasted as long as he did. Because I think after half an hour, you, you could have took him off, to be honest, because he, he was that poor. He was awful. I mean, I mean, I think we're being a bit hard on him here if we try and think about the quality of player that we had pre uh, the injury. Um, and you know, if, if you're going to get that quality of player back, and let's face it, he was you know a shining light. You know, when he first signed, we were absolutely buzzing about the player. Uh, but he was playing in a slightly different role. You know, he's he's playing you know further up the pitch, or he, he was indulged. And um, you've got to indulge him if you're going to get the best out of him. And we can't afford to do that at the moment. And you know, is he worth indulging? Because what we've seen, you know, sort of post injury, has not be, It's just been a pale reflection on the player that we saw prior to that. Uh, so it's it's a difficult one. I don't want to be as completely dismissive, you know, so of, of the of the player as, as we have been, because you know there clearly is a talent there, but we haven't seen it, uh, you know, so since he's come back into the into the fray now. And, and it's a concern. And yeah, I, I agree with what the lads were saying about the selection last night. I mean, Tom Davis would have been a better option, even though he didn't play particularly well. Um, you know, he'd have you know been sharper and spikier, and would have possibly closed down uh, United better than Andre did because that's not his game. You know, so his game, as Gav says, is finding pockets of space and trying to use it and trying you know sort of spread the ball. But we just haven't seen that. Uh, it, 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 it's worrying. I have to say, it is worrying. You know, so what we do with him. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Marcel Brands and, and, and the head of recruitment, Greta Steinson, were, were there watching last night and, and it must have struck them, surely, that whereas Oli Gunnar Solskjaer called for huh. Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford off the bench, we were calling yeah. for Bernard and Tom Davis and, and, and then Cenk Tosin when we were chasing the game. It does it does show the task at hand for Carlo Ancelotti, doesn't it? And, and, and do you think... I don't know. Would would you be tempted to go into the transfer market in January and and try and get another little injection of that kind of instant quality in the Alan Hamed mould? You know, we've been linked with your Iscos and your Sammy Kadiras, or you know, do you do you think it's time to to, to keep going with what we have and, and maybe hope that you know players coming back from injury and Jean Philippe Jabaman can can kind of fill those gaps in in the next couple of months. As, as supporters, I think we'd all love to see a, a little bit of a splash in January because nothing excites fans, you know, more than seeing a new player come in, and it does tend to have an uh, impact, regardless of the quality of the individual himself. It's you know what it does to the players around him. You know, the other players start looking over the shoulder a little bit more and start, I don't know, maybe you know, subconsciously <laughs> producing that extra one percent, two percent. But Carlo's proved in the past that he's willing to be patient uh, and he's willing to wait until he gets the actual players that he wants. Uh, he's only effectively had one transfer window so far in which he's you know spent decent money and has spent it very, very successfully. So we've got absolute faith that, you know, when he does decide to spend money, he will bring in, you know, sort of better quality players that will improve us. Whether he's prepared to do it in January or not, I'm not so sure, because he's proved that he's a manager who's willing to not get massively up when things are going well and not get massively down when things are going badly. He's just willing to look at the bigger picture and, and you know, spend accordingly. So, 
yeah, I'd love to see him bring somebody in. <laughs> and, and certainly up top, because like, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, as we say, is toiling. He's feeding off scraps at the moment. He's not had, you know, a pass or a cross, you know, sort of worthy of the name. I mean, I was pulling my bloody hair out last night when Iwobi got free down the left. And, you know, so Calvert-Lewin makes this great run into the box down the street and, and it's just crying out for the quality of delivery that we saw in the, in the Goodison Derby match. And what does he do? He absolutely leathers it into the bloody Bulland Road. And it's like, oh, you know, so please, you know, so give the guy, you know, so better quality service. And he's not getting anything at the moment. He's like feeding off absolute scraps. Um, and, you know, as we said earlier, he is looking, I wouldn't say jaded because, you know, he's such a willing lad that, you know, he gives loads every single game, but he'll need a break sooner rather than later. But even more so, you'll need better quality service. And for that, you need better quality players around him. And are we going to see them in January? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Surely, though, Preno Chenktosen's a life-for-life replacement for DCL, isn't he? <laughs> no, let's not get too down on Chenktosen. I mean, he's... I don't mind him, you know, he's, that sounds like I'm damning him with fame praise. He's a good finisher, uh, he's good yeah. at what he does, uh, but again, like Calvert-Lewin, he relies and thrives even more so on a quality service from the flanks. Calvert-Lewin's capable of making things happen on his own bat, as he proved when he, you know, so he won the penalty you know, so against Chelsea, totally off his own bat, you know, so with everything that he did himself. Tosin's not really capable of doing that, uh, but he is capable of finding space in the box and finishing opportunities if he's given uh, the service to do that. Um, he's, he's very, very much, you know, a, a, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin light. Um, you know, so he's not got anything like the qualities that Dominic certainly hasn't got the pace that Dominic's got uh, or that, you know, that spring, but he can finish. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's... It's a poor replacement, to be honest, which is why that you know when we are looking at you know rebuilding the squad, you know, so certainly up top, you know, a different type of striker is somebody that I think we'd be looking for. But in the meantime, you know, so Tosin is all that we have there, so you know he will have to be used at some stage over this uh, this holiday period. Could could the moving on then, Gav? We we, we look ahead to Sheffield United and. Carlo has to make changes eventually. You know, the, the back four have played a lot of football. Sigurdsson and Decore have played a lot of football. Richarlison, and, and he took a nasty uh, blow last yeah, night. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Lewin, it, it, is it almost guaranteed that there will be changes against Sheffield United, in your opinion? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Richarlison is available. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He got a right class last did, night. And he got a concussion. Yeah, there's there's a obviously it's an area of focus at the moment. Um, obviously when we talk about January, we've got to appreciate our financial constraints at the moment. But we'll be looking to ship players out, perhaps not even to bring players in. To be honest with you, um, yeah. yeah. So I think um, yeah, I'm just thinking what options we've got available to us. I mean, defensively we've been okay, haven't we? Even last night, I thought we were okay after the first 25 minutes. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, you know, dare I say Anthony Gord? <laughs> mm. Perhaps. Um, but there's not there's not a lot there, as we've seen on the bench last night, really. We haven't really got a lot of options available to us. I think I'd definitely play. I'd definitely bring Tom back for Gomez. Um, but apart from that, there's not really a lot, lot I can see. That we've got available to us, uh, to be honest with you, Sam. Uh, defensively, we were okay. Some of the positives last night, though, Ben Godfrey was good. Yeah, yeah. he had a go. Uh, 
Gilfie, I thought Gilfie did okay, to be honest. But yeah, the disappointing thing was that our set pieces last night were dreadful. Uh, didn't come across, but I believe it was quite windy inside the ground, perhaps. Um, and uh, set pieces were dreadful. So I can see, I can see maybe four, four, two, three, one again with maybe Davis instead of uh, Gomez. And I'm not sure what Richarlison is. Uh, his availability, um, which leaves leaves a gap there. I mean, if, if you're Holgate, you'd be a bit disappointed as well, wouldn't you, really, at the moment? I'll get to yeah. say it last night. Connor, you know, for... uh, perhaps, but there's not, not, not a lot there, is there, uh, Sam, at the moment, to be fair, when you look look at our bench last night and what options are available to us. Not, it's not a lot. Do you think there's the scope for a, a change of personnel or a, a change of shape, Connor? Or do you think again it's as Gav's saying, it, it might just be minor changes and, and going with what we've got at the moment? No, I think I agree with Gav. I think it'll be one or two maybe small tweaks here and there in terms of personnel, but nothing will change too too drastically. I think you know, ultimately <laughs> we haven't got the options to make wholesale change, have we? You know, it's as simple as that. And you know, uh, like like Prenel said earlier, you know, you'd, you'd look to maybe get Calvert Luna rest, but it's a massive gamble because Tosin, you know, Tosin's not looked a real goal threat in the games he's played as he's not really played much football, so that that that's a risk. I think it'll be maybe Tom Davis for for Andre Gomez and maybe Mason Holgate might come back in for Seamus Coleman if they if they choose to take him out to fire, uh, take him out, given he's only just come back from injury and games ahead to come. But yeah, I think it'll be one or one or two minor personnel changes. The goalkeeper as well, probably Jordan Pickford will, will no doubt start uh, Boxing Day against Sheffield United over, over Robin Olsen. But it'll be one or two minor tweaks. And I think it'll be the it'll be the same way we played the last few the last few weeks. I think I just hope that no matter what Carlo thinks he doesn't go back to three at the back. I think that's a that's a wise move. I think he stays with the four and we just carry on in that reason. He doesn't go OTT like he's done in the past so far this season. It's funny actually you mentioned the goalkeeper there because um, you know that just underlined what a bad night it was. That you know this absolutely calm, unflappable you know sort of figure of composure, even he looked rattled uh, from the off last night. I mean there was that dreadful attempt to control the ball, which he ended up nearly presenting it straight to Cavani, and some of his kicking was awful. And it underlines just what we get with Jordan Pickford. And I know there are issues with his game at the moment, but you know his shot stopping is always very very good. Um, and his distribution is excellent, you know, so with the ball, um, it's the other part of his game that we need to iron out, you know, the composure that, you know, so Robin Olsen normally has, but obviously doesn't have an exclusive preserve on it, because even he looked battled for some reason last night, which underlined, you know, why it was just a strange performance from start to finish. Pretty much everybody, Ben Godfrey, I'd agree with you guys, was the only one that really played anything like approaching his, uh, his recent form. Gilfie, maybe. I mean, the set pieces, that, that free kick was, was very good, to be honest, and it was you know, unfortunate that, you know, Dean Henderson was, you know, able to get on the end of it. But, yeah, there were slim pickings, unfortunately. No no love for Yeti Mina. He got, he got man of the match in those sexy player ratings. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Mina was good. I thought Mina was one of our best. I thought Mina, Godfrey, Thank you. Sigurdsson. I thought Mina, Godfrey, Sigurdsson, and maybe Wolby were all right last night. Uh, no, yeah, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I thought, well, he had to go. He had to go with Wolby. His final but, ball was awful say, again. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. you can't fault him for effort, though. No, no. That should be a prerequisite, though, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. But yeah. I thought I thought it was okay. But I thought, yeah, notwithstanding a couple of iffy crosses. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not um, in the Yeah, I know we are. There's no change there, fan. Now, even though it's the 24th of December, you know. Um, but I, I, I thought Mina was okay. I, he's actually going to go on a four, Mina, at the moment, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. To yeah. be fair. Yeah. It's, the only problem with Mina is that he's always game away from an injury, isn't he? Or picking up a nothing, something like that. But he was okay yeah. uh, last night. Uh, but another lot there is that Bernard, when he came on, lightweight. Uh, again, you know, yeah, we've got City then, haven't we? On a uh, is it Monday? Is it the City game? Monday, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not just managing it for going back to your first questions. I was not just managing it for Boxing Day, it's managing it for the next sort of 10 days for four nights, is it? You know, there's not a lot there, it's just slightly worrying at the moment. Well. It's Christmas Eve and I don't want to keep the lads too long, so we will finish with our our usual predictions for, for Sheffield United. Preno, I'll start with you. Where, where, are you there? where are you going with it? Oh, it, it could be absolutely anything, couldn't it? Um, when, when you see jaded squads and uh, you know players who are looking a bit leggy, the potential to concede goals increases even more. But I, I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm going to a repeat of last season. I'm going to go for a really, you know, sort of dull, tight game. Carlo's going to tighten things up again uh, the way he did, you know, the matches prior to last night. Sheffield United don't have anything like the quality that Manchester United have, and they've struggled desperately to score goals all season. I'm going to go for a 1 0 away win and uh, put all a smile on our faces and a spring in our step for two days <laughs> until City come. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I think. This, this to me has got my default one all up written all over it. I thought about that, but I thought what's the positive? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just really just praying that Sheffield United won on Sunday. Yeah. You know. Where's your, it, yeah. What? Where's your optimism? Well, optimism is for one all. That's optimistic <laughs> for me, Sam. <laughs> 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 You know, yeah, no, I, I, it's got one all. Is it, put it this way, I don't think it'd be a goal fest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they've lost. Is it all but one of their defeats have been by one goal this season? Sheffield United, isn't it? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think you see a goal fest on Sunday. Connor, two one Everton. I think given Pennell's thing there, and Sheffield United struggling for go- score goals, it's enough that they will score. That's the Everton mindset, right? It's enough that they will score, but now I'm back, and back was to get a, a league, give us all a league Christmas present with a, a 2-1 win. I'm going oh. to, I'll follow on from Connor, and I'll go for a, I'll go for 3-1. A little bit more attack and threat. See what we can that's do. That's it. Uh... Christmas spirit already, yeah. Christmas spirit already. Yeah. He's on the Shank end already. <laughs> and, and back Preno's praise of him and, and get a little get a little late third, I think so. Be a nice little Christmas, late Christmas present for us all, wouldn't it? Right, lads, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for listening, as always. And if you are listening to this on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or Boxing Day, then I hope you've had a very good Christmas. And have a very good Christmas from all of us here at the Liverpool Echo. And hopefully next time we join you, we will be discussing a good win at Sheffield Giants to keep Everton in those Champions League places in the Premier League. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Speak to you soon. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.